also just being present to use the right tension in the right area yeah. for the right task. Pick up the hammer when you need a hammer. Pick up the screwdriver when you need the screwdriver. This is Glenn Murphy with NC Systema, and this is Systema for Life. Adrienne, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, it's good to be on the podcast. Cheers, yeah, I've wanted to do this for a wee while, so it's a, it's a good opportunity this week before we head off into other things. Bro, so uh, to kick off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Because um, you're not um, the typical podcast guest we have on here, who are like usually systemic instructors or, or people who um, have been teaching systemic for a long time. You're one of the practitioners and keen practitioners, and you're an instructor in different forms of physical education and movement discipline, is that fair to say? I'd say so. Yeah. yeah so um, I'm in RKC level two, mm-hmm. a kettlebell instructor, and I also instruct a progressive calisthenics as a senior instructor. Okay. And uh, actually, in a few weeks, I'll be headed up to the DC area to teach a bunch of instructors uh, some calisthenics tips that they can use with their clients. Yeah. Um, and you know, we use a lot of body weight uh, movements in yeah. Systema. Um, but in exercise, as many of you already know, yeah. um, the goal is different. Yeah. And so there are some intersections, but there are some opposites. Great. Okay. Yeah, we'll definitely get onto some of those in a little bit. So, uh, but just to kind of set the scene a little bit, how did, you, um, how did you get into kind of physical education kind of as a general thing? Um, as, have you been into it since you were little? And then how did you find your way to Systema? Because it wasn't with us here in North Carolina, right? It was down when you were in Florida. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your path towards physical education and towards us? All right. Well, I'll make it a short one. Um, yeah. I was not involved in team sports of any kind mm-hmm. um, throughout any of my education. Mm-hmm. I was on the chess team uh, in high school until I got a car. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, anyway, um, I actually didn't become too active um, until, you know, my adult years. I started a business around 1999 and mm-hmm. um, e-commerce type of stuff. And yeah. You know, toward the end of that, um, I, I was looking to transition to a different career. I wanted to get in a little bit better shape. I'd been yeah. spending a lot of hours in my office and my warehouse, yeah. and you know, I wasn't in bad shape by um, national standards by any mm. lack of the term. But I have some vanity needs anyway, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I knew it was like, hey, I need to do something. Yeah. So I looked into hiring a personal trainer, and mm. uh, the town I was in, uh, the options were not good, and I was like, wait. I don't want to pay you that much. Wait a second. Hmm. How hard can this be? So hmm. I got a personal trainer certification. I studied for it um, cool. for about six months just because... So did you to train yourself, essentially? So you're, yeah, I was yeah. like, well... I mean, I was like, hey, okay, well, I'll just get a cert. You know, what do I need to know? Hmm. Soon I discovered that this was not what I wanted to know. Hmm. What I wanted to know and needed to know and was really fascinated by hmm. uh, was kettlebell training. Hmm. And um, so I ended up finding an RKC instructor in my area, and I trained with him for about a year before hmm. getting my certification in 2010. Okay. And the cool thing about kettlebells is... They are kind of the flip side of the coin of Sistema in a certain way. Hmm. We use tension. Sistema is always trying to get rid of tension. Hmm. So doing both can Hmm. be mentally difficult, but Hmm. ultimately very rewarding. Um, So for certain types of strength moves, we do need to keep 
um, certain parts of the body uh, tense in mm. order to protect other parts. So I sure. may tense my abs to protect my back if I'm doing a heavy deadlift or yeah. carrying a 200-pound stone across the yard, which is my new favorite thing to do. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it was valuable to have Sistema. Now, I uh, discovered Sistema in a funny way. Mm. Uh, a friend of mine had downloaded a video, probably illegally, uh, <laughs> This was a long time ago. Uh, I have since bought videos, but he was like, look at this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I recognize now what it was. Mm-hmm. And it was a very early video from uh, the Toronto HQ. Vladimir. Yeah. And we were just like, we're like, what is this? We couldn't figure out what was going on. It was really mm-hmm. fascinating. And I'm just kind of like scribbled down Sistema mm-hmm. in a notebook somewhere. I'm like, oh, look this up later. You know, through my connections in, in town a few years after that and after kind of getting known as, as an instructor for um, you know, fitness, strength, etc., mm. um, you know, of course, that always brushes up against martial arts because mm. there's a lot of carryover with sure. martial arts and kettlebells and the yeah. MMA community, uh, a lot of them... Super into it now. Yeah, yeah super yeah. into it. And I love a lot of their conditioning training. Mm. I, I, I don't feel the need to ever fight anybody like that yeah. but you know if they want to do a workout you bet I'm right. right there with it so anyway through friends of friends of friends of friends um, in, in the martial arts community in Orlando mm. um, I, I heard about there was a local teacher and uh, he was kind of not that local so it was difficult to meet up with him yeah. um, I'm trying to remember his name Oh, he's going to be mad at me because I'm, I'm not remembering. Was it Alex? No, it wasn't no, Alex. It was before Alex. Before yeah, it was a little no. bit before Alex. So and it wasn't Carlos. Carlos Guzman was down there in Orlando. No, but yeah, it wasn't. Maybe he wasn't teaching that. Either. No, I don't think he was. It was yeah. early. Um, so anyway, I had met up with him a few times and I was like, hey, this is, this is some intriguing stuff. Hmm. And it, a lot of it was very much the opposite of you know, the type of fitness training and strength training that I do. Yeah. And since it is so far the opposite, I was like, well... I need to do this. I need to be to, a good balance. Like, yeah. yeah. I need okay. to have the, the, you know, I've been doing uh, all a side, no B side, yeah. uh, you know, there's got to have the balance. It was difficult to schedule with that particular teacher. And was it, was it a group class or was it you to train no, private with them? Yeah, it was time? a private, they oh, had a group yeah. class on the far side of, far side of a whole nother set of towns. Right. Yeah. So it was I've, just, I've driven in Florida before and I know how far apart everything is. And right. And, yeah. and at the time my car was not super reliable. So right. I'm like, yeah, that's asking for a world of hurt. <laughs> and, uh, so I, I talked to a friend of mine, um, that she also trained with me very regularly. Yeah. And I'm like, Hey, so, uh, I think I found Alex online and I had friends over in Sarasota hmm. and uh, I was like, Hey, this is Alex. Popescu, right? Yeah. 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 Everyone I knew at the time was setting up these retreats. Hmm. We're going to go to a tropical place for a week and we'll wake up at 5 a.m. and drink green juices and do yoga. And mm-hmm. none of that appealed to me whatsoever, especially <laughs> not the getting up early part. And right. I was like, I want to I wanna set up my own retreat, hmm. but it'll just be us just to try it out. We're going to drink copious amounts of coffee. We're going to have fun at the beach however we choose. Hmm. And we're going to study some Sistema. Cool. You're in? She's like, yeah, let's yeah. do it. So, <laughs> so I was like, all right, well, I'm, I'm going to get this place on Lido key for a week hmm. and uh, I'm going to contact Alex and, you know, I was like, Hey, let's, let's set up, you know, three or more sessions. I'm like, we're in town for this amount of time. What time do you have? Hmm. What would you suggest? You know, we think of this as a mini seminar. Yeah. And, uh, so we trained with him three days. Hmm. Um, I believe it was like two or three hour sessions okay. each time. Yeah. And, uh, it was very intensive. Yeah. And uh, 
it's just Alex is just a really neat guy. Oh, he is, and, yeah. And we were just, yeah, so we would, we would go and we train with him, and then we would immediately go to Tijuana Flats hmm. and stuff our faces and write down all the notes of everything we could remember, uh-huh. uh, you know, right afterwards. Right. As, uh, the chips and the, <laughs> and the burritos were, were shoveling. I was like, oh, <laughs> starving. Anyway, so, so that was a very cool intro to it. So, so can you remember what your first impression was or, or some of the things that Alex did with you as a, like a, as a big introduction to this? Oh, so you trained a little bit um, with the previous right, instructors, right? Bit. So you had some basics, presumably. Right. But what, um, what did Alex do? Did he presume a lot of knowledge or did he just sort of say, let's start from the beginning and let's hit You know how I am. Even when I come in here to train with you, I'm like, sure. assume I know nothing. Right, yeah. Even if I do already know it, I probably need to hear it again. Yeah. And in the whatever context we're in. Hmm. Uh, one of the main things I got right away was I stopped giving myself a hard time hmm. for some of my vigilant, my naturally vigilant uh, habits. And, Such uh, as? Well, I mean, if I'm talking to you, if you were in front of glass, I hmm. would also be very aware of what's going on behind me from mm. the reflections of the glass. Now, mm. some, of the, some of this may just, I don't know. Um, but I, I pretty so much... caution verging on paranoia kind of thing. Yeah, okay. exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. I don't have to feel bad about that now anymore. I'm like, eh. okay. you know, I'm not using those brain cycles for anything else, but right. my peripheral vision So is... it made you feel justified, Alex, yeah. emphasizing the need for situational awareness. And right. I'm like, yeah. oh, so there's a word for it. Situational awareness, not yeah. Adrian, you're being a weirdo. It's like me, I don't like that guy. I don't like that guy. Uh-huh. What? No. Watch. Yeah, it's interesting. No, oh. it's, yeah, it's definitely, I think everybody has those instincts mm-hmm. to like. Well, everybody starts out with those instincts, but right. then if you practice them, then they stay or they become sharper. Right. But if you don't, you just learn to ignore them and push the snooze button on them. And I think you can do that at your peril. You know, right. I, I think that happens to a lot of people who you know get mugged or attacked, and then like right. it just came out of nowhere. I had no idea. And like, did he really come out of nowhere? You know, he was probably following you for a while, or there's some other yeah. stuff going on. I mean, sometimes you are genuinely ambushed and mm-hmm. things happen, but I think a surprising number of times you probably could have done something further back mm-hmm. down the line before it got physical or they got close enough to grab you. Or Let me just say this. If you think that I'm looking down at my phone, I may or may not be looking down at my phone. Right. Yeah. But uh, but Alex was amazing. Incredibly, incredibly great teacher. And Mm. we just, we had an absolute blast. Mm. It was it was too much information at once, but that's kind of, we forced yeah. him into that situation, unfortunately. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, but it was, it was a lot of fun and it was great to go over there with a friend who, you know, I could practice with. Yeah. And, and enjoy uh, it too. Yeah, fun absolutely. The process, right? so, yeah. And then like, you know, we would get afterwards, we'd sit down and it's like, whatever I wouldn't remember, maybe she had remembered. And so yeah. we, you know, collaborated on our notes. That's and, a good thing to do at seminars. I find myself mm-hmm. doing that as well when I travel for seminars. You know, Quite often, my good friend and now instructor and training in his own right, Brian Marco, comes to seminars with me, or we go to Toronto. And same thing at the end of the day, we get food, we get a beer, and, and I'm like, right. okay, so we started with this. Can you remember anything between this and this? And between the two of us, we'll kind of piece together what the drills were and what the general shape was. Right. And then we compare our notes. So it's kind of like an extended circle we know that circle we do at the end of training where right. everybody says what they get out of it and you get different people's perspectives we kind of do that but um, far after the session you know mm-hmm. and kind of then try and relate it to what we we're doing yesterday or the day before and it's a, it's a very useful tactic i think it's a good way of, um, of at the very least making something more memorable you know so Absolutely. sometimes you don't need to ne- remember every single detail but it can at least make it jog your memory a little bit so that it doesn't right. just filter away you know especially when you 
kind of drinking from the fire hose the way that you were. You know, right. it's, like it's, it's easy to just uh, take one thing and everything else just washes by you otherwise. So, and it's yeah. hard, you know, with physical seminars, as you know, mm. it's like it's not like you're going to pull a notepad out of your back pocket yeah, and start jotting down notes. Great way to get punched in the face, mm. you know, yeah. even from you know someone who doesn't mean to. Mm. Um, so it's like you're you're very active, and yet it's like oh, it's like any of the the kettlebell or or um, mm. calisthenics workshops. You know, we're, yeah. we're talking, we're moving. Um, you know, through these things, we're coaching each other. We're teaching mm. instructors how to coach each other. You think that's the time to bust out a pen? Think right. again. You yeah. Know. And if you bring a laptop, we'll probably laugh at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see people try that sometimes as well. Seminars and people who bring like a notepad out and they keep stopping them. But the problem is that while they're busy scribbling down the last five minutes of whatever Vladimir more or whatever, stuff. So that more stuff is coming that they've missed, and right. I'd rather try and absorb it all and then mm-hmm. and then figure it out later. You know, it's I think it's, right. it's probably better. You've only got one shot at actually having that live experience, right? So it's better just to move and experience it while you're there and then try and make sense of it in an intellectual sense later I think sometimes it's that yeah and sometimes also when you try and rationalize something too quickly if you think you know what mm-hmm. something is and you start writing it down mm-hmm. then 20 minutes later you do some more movement you're like oh that was way off you know yeah. <laughs> you realize that you, your your first impression wasn't wasn't actually the correct one mm-hmm. so i think there's something to be said for seeing the big picture Absolutely. before you try and write down what you think it was you yeah know, like kind of that way yeah. nice. so did you um, so off the back of that three-day seminar did you continue training with a group down there or that was just kind of like a big dipping a toe or an entire leg into systemic kind of that way. And then it wasn't until you moved up here that you started training regularly. Or right. Train there wasn't um, yeah. a group class that was really readily available to me down there. So okay. like yeah. um, my friend and I would kind of, you know, talk through the, the different things and we would work through a few of them here and there, but it yeah. wasn't like, you know, regular class, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, ah, oh, I could just feel it slipping away. Yeah. And then I was like, Oh, wait a minute. I was considering moving up to Durham. Some friends of mine had a property up here. Uh, yeah. that they wanted to rent to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, you know, I'll come check it out. And yeah. while I was up here checking it out, I noticed that NC Sistema was having a group class and uh-huh. you know, I'm doing the full checking out the area thing. So yeah. I should check this out. And that's when we're in the fences club. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fences, yeah. Fences club yeah, showed, Durham, up, so, yeah. showed up for that mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, met everybody and was like, Oh, well, this is cool. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it was a great class. And, and from there, oddly enough, a whole bunch of networking, uh, started happening so right. that was really cool it's a nice bunch of folks and everybody yeah. seems to want to help each other out is that yeah i think a lot of people including myself have got work not relating to systemic health being in the systemic group yeah, you know absolutely. we've got a little community it's almost like a little church group or something you know yeah it is it's a uh, you know everybody kind of tries to help each other out where they can that's, that's a yeah. nice aspect of what we have yeah. so it's like oh well when i moved up a few months later i'm like well i already got this group of friends that i can go hang out with and do things with you know x number of times a week yeah if I, you know and and uh, so that was excellent. Great. And uh, but you know, the Sistema is so unlike most of the other training that I do. Mm. Um, I feel like it has enhanced it in a mm. certain way, and at least I want to have the ability to do both. Sure. You know, and consciously make make the choice. So. <laughs> so um, so where did you start? Have you started to find the the boundaries between the training that you're doing in Sistema? Um, and the training that you're doing on your own or things that you're figuring out for calisthenics or like other stuff, have you started to see the boundaries blurring or do you still keep them very, very distinct? And you're like, now I'm doing Sistema, now I'm doing RKC, now I'm doing Sistema, now I'm doing calisthenics. Do you always just stay very, very specific and 
precise and never stray from the program when you're working out. It seems like you're quite playful from your videos and your yeah. YouTube channel. It seems like you like to explore in much the same way that we do in Systema. Have you found some of that infusing your other training or is it, or do you keep them separate on purpose? Um, I don't necessarily keep them too separate. I remember mm. one class in particular, I so all right, you're paired up with your partner, and it's so big Gabe, maybe he's a big left foot. Yes, actually, and yeah. they're like, and you're like, okay, wrestle. I'm just yeah. like, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> yeah. um, this guy's five weight classes above me. Right, so, like, yeah, they... right. don't crush the ribs. <laughs> all right, you know, you seem really nice, so yeah. I'm not too worried. But uh, yeah. and I realized that um, the get up that yeah. we learn with kettlebells, or you can even do it with body weight or not, was really yeah. starting to. Uh, benefit me mm. and uh you know and it is actually kind of anyone who's who's you know done like high school wrestling or something they yeah. immediately take to the get up like they get it yeah it's like there's a push and a roll to initiate the beginning of it yeah and i think that i i did a push and a roll at one point and and he was like whoa mm. you moved me mm. i've been doing that with 53 pounds in one hand and mm. you know and i came back that night just mm. as you know out of curiosity was like okay how similar is that feeling i still kind of had the remnants of that feeling mm. sure enough yeah there was there was some definite crossover cool. uh, between that movement now that's one of the few you know carryovers mm. like when when we do push-ups in systema yeah. and when i do push-ups for you know any of the the programs especially the ones where um you know there are specific tests yeah um there's a standard for for those push-ups which are very high tension so, um, so you basically have to maintain a very specific position, right. very specific where your hands are, where your elbows are. Well, your, your hands can be, where, you know, wherever. They, but the elbows have got to be a 90 degree or less, preferably. In my case, it's actually much less. Hmm. Um, and everybody's different. But, hmm. um, you know, in, in that case, it's a moving plank. Yeah. And um, we find that, you know, protects the lower back and mm-hmm. then, you know, just gets more. We're trying to stimulate as much musculature as possible. We want... Hmm you know, increased time under tension sure. um, for that, which... In order to build muscle and right. grow and all that kind of stuff. Right, so we're, you know, or we're be building... Or shift static things and stuff like that. Right, yeah. a specific type, you know, we're, we're building strength in a specific way. Yeah. Um, you know, you can also argue that, you know, okay, well, I've built more muscle mass and I'm activating more muscle mass, I'm, I'm burning more calories. I, hmm. You know, if, if someone is, is doing this for a, sure, a, for a weight, weight loss, loss reason yeah, yeah, uh, or aesthetic reasons. Yeah. And, um, and, and there's, I think there's a place for that kind of training within Systema as well. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll do... Um, you know, we'll do like static plank type things. Just right. on the first floor, we do, and we just call it, the, you know, the forward leaning rest, and we'll just hang out there for a long time. But sometimes you'll do that with a view to like, well, let's see if I can just hold this position perfectly and see how long I can do it. And when you do that, you realize that often you have to um, balance your tension out. It doesn't have to be 100% all over the body, but right. if it's uneven, if you don't right. have enough tension in your core and your mm-hmm. shoulders are taking all the weight, mm-hmm. you're not going to be hanging out there very long, right? You, right? Your core will sag and then that will pull your shoulders into the ground. Mm-hmm. Your arms get tired very quickly and then you're done. So, but if you can kind of spread that out and have mm-hmm. like 25% across the whole body, right. then you can go a lot longer. Um, but conversely, if you come all the way up to 100%, um, you can do that gradually in order to build strength over time but if you're doing that and then trying to hold on to it for like 10 minutes it's not going to happen no. <laughs> so, so then you have to start looking at like moving um, mm-hmm. tension around between different chains in the body mm-hmm. and mobilizing your shoulders while you're still hanging out in the push up position so that you can kind of break up some of that um, lactic mm-hmm. acid and move the heat around and right. all those kinds of things so you, so it's basically their endurance tricks that we right. use like in addition to kind right. of doing stuff but, it's a, but yeah I think there's um, well, I think there's definitely a place for it and sometimes people skim over this a lot I think there's definitely a value to just building strength 
mm-hmm. for its own sake because right. then you have this kind of surplus capacity and you can afford to be relaxed right aside mm-hmm. from the fact that if you and that's just in the sense of doing things that are fairly simple mm-hmm. but what i find really interesting about what you do in terms of calisthenics and and um kettlebells is that they're actually very, very complex movements. So you're mm-hmm. moving the whole body through multiple planes. So it's right. not like static kind of, uh, like not really, I mean, I guess some Olympic weightlifting is quite complex, serious complex motions mm-hmm. as well, but like sitting at a weight machine or something where right. it's taking most of that burden off of you and you're literally mm-hmm. just isolating some shoulders and pushing right. things back and forth. That kind of training isn't very useful, I think, for, for daily life and movement. It just kind of fluffs up your shoulders or chest and makes you a bit bigger, yeah. right? But I, what I really like about kettlebells and, and about um, complex calisthenics is that you're not just working on tension and building up the muscles. You're learning how to tense some things, relax other things. You're learning where to put the stability, where to put the mobility. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, you learn how not to injure yourself, right? And, mm-hmm. and you can translate that into training in so many different positions and you can translate that into daily life in a way that I find very complementary with mm-hmm. Sistema. I think it's more obvious how the connections between calisthenics and Sistema. Yes. Because it's just body weight movement, right? So right. that sort of stuff. I think it's harder to draw those connections with kettlebells, but I think... It depends how deep you go. And mm-hmm. I know other, like uh, Rich, he's also a kettlebell instructor. Right. Right? He came to us by the same route. He did kettlebell workshops and he met right. Pavel Tatsulin, who's right. also a Sistema instructor. You know, right. He's trained Sistema during his army time mm-hmm. in, uh, in Russia and stuff. And um, and he was like just hitting people in between kettlebell rounds at a seminar. And, and he hit Rich, who's like a big lad, and yes. just floored him kind of thing. And he's just like, what the hell was that? And he goes, <laughs> you should train Stokesley Sistema if you want to learn some of this. And so he came to it via the kettlebell yeah. route. Oh, and wow. then he's always thinking about like, how things get pieced together and all that kind of stuff as well. And I just find the parallels very interesting, but I think you have to be knowledgeable enough about both to yeah. be able to integrate them in a useful way, right? It's, it's hard. Some people that are really good at kettlebells but don't know anything about Sistema are like, oh, well, you just have to get more strength this way and then you can hit people harder. I'm like, no, that's not how it yeah. works. It's, it's, it's how you chain things together. Mm-hmm. But And on the flip side, some people who know a lot about Sistema but don't know very much about kettlebells underestimate what it is, how hard it is, yeah. and how much stabilization and mobilization mm-hmm. is required to do things well, right? So it's, um, I think sometimes it's one of those things where everybody's an expert on the internet, right? And they, of course. They, they criticize kettlebells, or they criticize right. Sistema, they don't know what it is, you know, but, it's, right. uh, but once, once you have a certain level of understanding of movement as a general mm-hmm. uh, as a general set of things right you can look at those and be like oh that's really interesting you know yeah. there's, there's some things going on there that I can't appreciate and I know there are about kettlebells right. you know, well, I've done very very limited kettlebell stuff but I know yeah. there's so much going on there that I can't even see so, yeah well that's the yeah. thing one of the reasons that a lot of us uh, you know who are kettlebell instructors cringe when people are like oh yeah I figured it out on YouTube mm-hmm. well it's like well you're just seeing what's happening externally sure and yeah. one of the things that kettlebells and Sistema have in common is there is that an internal yeah there's a lot going on internally from the inside right, so, yeah. right exactly mm-hmm. and you can't see that from the outside no. necessarily you can uh, I think it was Dan John uh, or maybe it was Pavel like I did a, my very early search uh, we're, we're with uh, Pavel mm. but um, I think it was Dan John who said don't just make the shape mm. and I think that could also apply mm. to Sistema like yeah. you might be standing the right way Yeah. if we see your silhouette mm. we think oh maybe you're doing the right thing but sure. you know, who knows what is tensed who knows what is slack mm. um, you know so it's like don't, don't just make the shape you mm. know, do, do the thing and, and that's one of the reasons why uh, a lot of us who are you know, very good um, observers sure. are, are adamant about having people train you know, with us sure. specifically in person. I, I've really shied away from having too many um, online clients for that reason yeah. because I, I have a hard time 
you know, oh yeah, yeah, I did it right, and they'll send me a video, and mm. and I can tell by the color of your face mm. uh, <laughs> that you know maybe the work isn't happening yeah. uh, in in the right area um, or, 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 or the way that they're sore after training, right? Like, right. It's like okay, yeah. were your hamstrings sore mm. or was it your lower back? Yeah. Hamstrings, okay, good. Lower yeah. back, not good. Mm. You know, and um, you know, so it's I, I've. I've actually turned people away uh, from online training um, for that reason. Yeah. I, I'm not doubt, doubting that some people can make it work, but yeah. uh, I, I like a level of, of hands-on. And you know, conversely, uh, if someone is trained with someone that I know or someone within like the RKC system, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. we have a shared vocabulary, right? And you know, you you have seen what to do in person yeah. um, before now. You so know. basically fine-tuning you now at this point instead of right. trying to teach you something really complicated from scratch at a right. distance. Now, so yeah. Especially with yeah. the, the movements like uh, the swing or, or the snatch, mm. um, ballistic movement. You cannot teach slow down. It's like, mm. oh, okay, I'm sorry, you're going to uh, you're going to slow down gravity for that or, or what? Right. You know? yeah. And so it's to me, that's very difficult to teach at a distance. I'm sure someone can do it, but uh, mm. I've decided to focus my energies elsewhere. Mm. Uh, now, something interesting, um, you know, I, we, I mentioned the networking within Sistema. Yeah. Uh, it's been very fascinating to train a few people who are, you know, have been doing Sistema for years. Yeah. And uh, what's wonderful is that they show up with you know, definitely well above average um, body awareness hmm. and uh, their proprioception is usually, you know, right there. Yeah. Um, it's like they generally know where their hand is in space and whatnot hmm. and the general public and, uh, you know, general populations. Hmm. That's very unusual unless hmm. they've done some type of like martial arts training. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dance, martial arts, yoga even, and hmm. just, you know, any kind of, of where they've had to be aware of where they are. And yeah, oh, this part needs to be doing this or, or that. Emmanuel Manolakakis will be coming to Durham, North Carolina on the weekend of January the 26th, 27th, 2019 for a two-day exploration of deep systema principles. To register online, visit www.ncsystema.com slash events. Before September the 1st, podcast listeners can claim an additional 10% off using the discount code HITME at checkout. That's H-I-T-M-E at the online checkout. Hope to see you there. Have you seen any common things where you feel like some things in Sistema could be emphasized in, in a verbal sense or in terms of principle that would make it easier for people doing certain things? Like, do you see people doing making common mistakes when they're trying to figure out how to do that push-up, for example, or something? There's a relaxation habit, which mm. I think probably works great for Sistema, but mm. um, for some things, uh, we have to really watch it. Again, the lower back, there's a tendency yeah. to let that stomach just go. Mm. And... Uh, well, the trunk has to stay upright. Yeah. So where is it going to go? It's going to hit your lower back. And mm. like, I'm like, oh, right. all right, put that down right now. Or you're going to have a terrible week, you know? So it's that, it's that sufficiency of tension for, for what you're doing. So like, right, if you're exactly. like moving a person or you're moving some stuff, then sometimes it's not too bad. But if you're trying to pick up a big rock or flip a mm. tire, then maybe you need to stabilize your core a bit more than you think you do or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's also just, you know, being present to... Kind of use the right 
tension in the right area yeah. for the right task. You sure. know, it's yeah. like you know, pick up the hammer when you need a hammer, pick up a screwdriver when you need the screwdriver. Okay. And I yeah. don't, don't try to use a screwdriver as a hammer. Sure, it'll work eventually, but yeah. you're probably going to break the screwdriver and get really annoyed yeah. and may or may not accomplish a task. Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. Yeah, there, there's a habit sometimes to just let go yeah. um, at an inopportune time. Right. Um, when but, you can't afford to. The other uh, thing that I've seen sometimes with people, um, well, I've seen people even doing calisthenic exercises or mm-hmm. lifting things. You know, like sometimes uh, Jeff Soderman, one of the other mm-hmm. instructors, he'll just, you know, for the warm up, he'll just drag a bunch of kettlebells out and go, all right, guys, everybody pick one of these up. And he won't give them a lot of like four coaching but he doesn't get them to do anything super complex he's right. just like let's just let, pick this thing up and do a squat with it and put right. it back down again or something like mm-hmm. that he doesn't like try and get them to do crazy flipping juggling things or something okay like so that. you saw my eyes boggle yeah exactly yeah, they yeah. couldn't but, hear yeah. that I, I, and none of us would do that because i think we know uh, all yeah. too well like how easily it can just uh, you know yeah. lose control of it tear a rotator cuff or something right? Right. Um, but what's what's interesting to me is that even when when i watch people doing that or when i watch people doing something that we don't typically do a lot in systemic, like a pull-up, for example. Mm-hmm. Like we do a lot of push-ups, we do a lot of oh, squats, yeah. but we do very specific types of squats, right? right? But if you ask someone to do squat with their feet all the way together, mm-hmm. or they do a squat with a weird angle, or on one leg, like a right. shrimp or a pistol squat or something, mm-hmm. then you see that it, that they put thousands of repetitions into a two-footed squat with their feet flat, and they're very good at those. Right. But once you take a foot off the ground, they have no idea how to stabilize their hips or their core, and they're wobbling all over right. the place, right? And uh, you know, So you can sort of see that are some things that there's it's just neurological patterning and practice right, and right. So I, I think uh, the other week you were I had a, a client who wanted to be able to do a deadlift in a private or something right and oh, I yeah, said to you right. I was like hey could you give me some pointers because yeah. this guy I don't want you know he wants to do a, a deadlift I'm not like an Olympic weightlifting coach right. what are the key pointers to look out for mm-hmm. here I'm doing things and you started to coach me on uh, something and gave me a couple of reasonably heavy kettlebells that I had down right. there to, to lift up and uh, and you're watching you're like oh that's interesting you've clearly you could see immediately you're like I can mm-hmm. see that that's not a movement that you're not um that you're not confident with making, right? right. That you're figuring it out on the fly. Instead right. of like, if you watch me do a push-up or something, I'm like, oh, oh yeah. I live this. So I do like, mm-hmm. you know, I've carved thousands of these things out of the air over the years, like right. the whole time. But if you watch me do a deadlift, I look like somebody who hasn't done very many deadlifts, right? That right. kind of stuff. So in, in terms of the way that I fail to stabilize some mm-hmm. things, tense some things too much, other things not enough. And, and I see that with people sometimes yeah. in Systema. And it's not just the tension patterns that they're using mm-hmm. that are sometimes a little bit wrong. Um, and in the Russian system, we kind of, it's kind of like a, a laissez-faire, like we'll leave you to figure that stuff out, right? <laughs> like you'll do it wrong enough times or hold your breath and do a bunch of them right. and you'll figure out how to do them efficiently. Right. And that does work to a point, well, especially with body weight stuff, it really works. But when you're doing something really complex, right. like a muscle up or oh, a, yeah. you know, something like that, or you're lifting something really heavy, you might not figure it out before you've hurt yourself. That's the key, I think. 30 you know years saying? later. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if you make it through the potential right. for injury, then maybe right. you'll figure it out. So right. there's definitely some value to having Absolutely. somebody be like, look, I'm, it's fine if you want to do a bunch of these and figure out some of it for yourself, but let's not do these three dumb things that might leave you critically injured mm-hmm. before you get a chance to figure out the fine, you know, some yeah. of the finer things and that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then, Well, a good example yeah. of that was your deadlift. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you've been doing so many, you know, body weight squats, and sure. you know, so this was a hinging movement, sure. which first off is different. Yeah, and um, I was trying to use my legs to push up. Right, yeah. mm-hmm. and and the funny thing about the hinging move is all from the hips, mm-hmm. and you're thinking squats, mm-hmm. and the first thing I saw on you move was your knees forward. Mm-hmm. Sure. Your butt was staying in the same place. I'm like, uh oh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want to still play with your children, so we're gonna stop and start right. over. Yeah. And so I sometimes see sequence of movement is yeah. different from people who are 
your system of pr- practitioners. Sure. It's an order of operations sometimes mm. that's different. And again, sure. with body weight, it doesn't matter. And the squat is also a great example of that too. Mm. If you're doing body weight squats and you're going, you know, rock bottom with them, yeah. and you don't have any additional weight, and yeah. and the rear kind of turns under at the bottom, which I see pretty much everybody do in class. Yeah, that's fine. The butt wink. The yeah, the butt, butt wink. wink. Yeah, yeah, the infamous butt wink. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, if nobody's holding on to a weight, then mm. so what? That's mm. fine. That's cool. Good job getting down that far. Sure. Um, you know, but then if I hand you a kettlebell and ask you to do goblet squats, I will definitely require that you fight the butt, butt wink. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, keep the spine straight. And that's going to require quite a lot more abdominal tension sure. than uh, than you'll be accustomed to. Sure. Yeah. Make a funny face and it will be really really cool <laughs> yeah it's a funny it's a, it's a funny thing because there's a there's a push and a pull and mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it like comes down for, it's not the case that um, people are taught to do movements poorly and right. it's, it's not like oh here you should do this mm-hmm. and it's antithetical to the classical way of doing things or the way that you see in RKC or right. classical calisthenics it's more that just we don't give um, enough of a framework sometimes and we're just right. like just figure it out and do it and figure out how you can squat down um, and that's that's both a great thing in Sistema because it right. allows people to then own their movements like mm-hmm. once they own a push up and they feel like it's very strong or once they can hold a plank for like 10 minutes mm-hmm. there's no way you can hold a plank push up for 10 minutes unless you figure out how to structure right. yourself properly right? right and you have to have sufficient you just won't hold it you'll just collapse right. so if you do enough of these things over enough time um, especially when you do very very slow movements because it's very yeah. hard to injure yourself for those slow movements right, right? so I think they're Good, then, then you will figure them out over time mm-hmm. as well. But it's um, but there's so many stages in between, I think, where mm-hmm. people can get it wrong for a long time, they can pick up a bad habit and then yeah. just repeat it again and again and again, and then it takes time to undo that habit and things like that. So it's so hard to unlearn things, sure. just you yeah. know, for anybody. Or well, sometimes people just come into Sistema with right. a whole bunch of bad habits, you know, even before they start, right? So right. they're trying to do a push up in a horrible way yeah. before they even begin. So they have to unlearn that before they can even start to explore ways of doing it, you know. So you know, the funny thing about push ups specifically, mm. I think that's probably one of the easiest examples to to look at it's like mm. okay well yeah yeah i did i did a bunch of push-ups when i was on the football team mm. or i did a bunch of foot uh, push-ups uh, in pe class i know how to do push-ups mm. and it's like well actually uh the, the teacher was just trying to do whatever they could to, to keep you kids you know in class oh, and yeah. not <laughs> burning things down and yeah. you know it, they're a number one goal at that point was not to teach you to do the most perfect push-up or the yeah. most advantageous push-up. Uh, they, they were just kind of, you know, I have a lot of respect for, for teachers and they were just trying to keep it together. Uh, and the, the other thing is that there's no one form of push-up, right? Absolutely. So I, I, I think I was watching something on YouTube. It's like some Guinness World Record of some guy who oh, gosh. Doing, like yeah. thousands of push-ups in a day or something like that. And I was, I was waiting for him to do one. But I'm thinking, you know, yeah. he's basically he's doing half push-ups to my mind. Yeah. He's coming from full extension to maybe 90 degrees with his elbows and then back up again. So I'm like, oh, he's done a thousand half push-ups and right. could probably do that. You know, <laughs> but yeah, now from like this way. Now, and, I, and I'm like, I, to me, he hasn't really done one. But right. people set this arbitrary standard for what right. constitutes like a squat or a push-up or something right. and then that becomes canonized almost like it's like dogma you know it's right, like in right. gymnastics we do a handstand this way in calisthenics we do it another way and right. you know same thing with right. squats and push-ups and mm-hmm. some people will be like oh you have to lift the weight with your hands this way around other people mm-hmm. are like no you have to do it this way pull-ups like oh you have to do them that way or this way you know it's like yeah. people get entrenched in their own little system right. and then they refuse to look at the things in between and I, and I think it's fine to look at things in between mm-hmm. but it's also good to look at people who've gone before you and right. figured some of this stuff out 
right? Because otherwise you're just reinventing the wheel all the time. You know? yeah. It's like trying to, I mean, f- imagine trying to figure out how to do a muscle up and never even watching somebody do one. It's just like, figure it out. You just have to jump and swing yourself up to that thing. It's like, you know. And do yeah. a rollover and call it a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, look, I yeah. got up there. Yeah, like, exactly. A- I mean, you might figure it out, but, you know, why right. not benefit from the, right. the experience and the training yeah. and everything else that's gone from somebody else? I mean, we do that in other ways in Sistema, right? Absolutely. We benefit from somebody else. We're like, a thousand years of uh, knowledge on structure and breathing, you know, yeah. and things like that, and specific mm-hmm. movements that can really help us evade things. It's like, so why not do the same thing for your structural training? Mm-hmm. You know, that's definitely, that's kind of definitely. Kind of it. Well, the cool part is, um, especially with the breathing, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of emphasis on breathing in both kettlebells and calisthenics in the way that I've mm-hmm. been taught and certified to teach them. Mm-hmm. And so it's been neat to see kind of the crossover there. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, timing of the breath within the movement. Sure. Um, and then you know, not holding the breath. Yeah. Um, you know, it's people. It's amazing. Uh, I don't know who was teaching this back in the day, but there's there's a fair amount of men who get this idea that if they're going to pick up something heavy, you have to inhale, hold they, the breath. They, and yeah. This, yeah. And I'm like, are you? trying to make your head explode because mm. you're getting really close if that's the goal you need to let me know because uh, I, th- I think that's that's a horrible misapplication of the Valsalva maneuver right I yeah think I think that's thing what using, it is like, the thing when you're trying to pressurize your pelvic floor right, right? not you're your face be, yeah not your face yeah they're pressurizing the wrong end right but they're like well if I'm holding my breath and I'm pushing and I'm not breathing out then obviously I'm doing it right but right. they're pressurizing the, they're using the wrong muscles right. to breathe with and to shut yeah. off and all that kind of stuff your neck but, and your head are not going to get that, that yeah. item off the ground there's, there's an interesting I mean, the interesting thing I think about systemic breathing as it relates to movement is that it's incredibly rich and I think yeah. it takes in yeah. almost every part of the spectrum from kind of yoga breathing to relax mm-hmm. yourself mm-hmm. during movement to power breathing where you mm-hmm. pressurize parts of your body like the ourselves maneuver things right. like that right um, and everything in between and even like moving anaerobically you know moving mm-hmm. when you've got no breath no oxygen right. coming in and seeing how you can kind of make your movement more efficient right. um, and then synchronizing your breath with movement decoupling um, your breath from the movement there's mm-hmm. so much um, that you can play with so yeah. it's right across the board um, but that like anything else like structural training can be mm-hmm. misinterpreted and I've mm-hmm. seen people the, the key one that I've seen so much is uh, burst breathing Right, this whole idea um, that you, you have to breathe fast and quick in order to exchange the oxygen. I mean, one of the main, there's lots of reasons for doing that, but one right. of the main reasons why you need that is because you are unable to take a deep breath. I think right. my understanding of, of it through Vladimir and through um, mm-hmm. you know, Valentin Talonov and other people that I've trained with them, whole breathwork seminars, is that if you can take a full breath, right, mm-hmm. if you can breathe lightly and fully mm-hmm. while you're you know, lifting a 100-pound kettlebell, mm-hmm. then great, you should do that. Right. right? If, if, you're, if you can maintain enough pressure and mm-hmm. relaxation and, mm-hmm. and, and selective tension in your body to do everything you need to do mm-hmm. with that kind of breathing, then you should. But if you can't, mm-hmm. right, if everything is shutting off here, right, mm-hmm. and, and you your stomach and your core is crunched together mm-hmm. and you can only breathe to the top of your chest and back, then it's better to breathe short and often with right. more frequency and still exchange that oxygen mm-hmm. for carbon dioxide than it is to hold your breath and go mm-hmm. right? Right, So exactly. it's basically an antidote for the for the hold your breath and squeeze maneuver, which people right. do really hard upon. But, but what people do sometimes is that they try and breathe too fast right. and then they actually create tension with their burst breathing. They're like, and, they, and it's just another way to inflate your head and it's right. not actually doing anything to right. help them move or to help them stay calm or right. anything else so just like anything else i think it's it's very very possible just to get the wrong end of the stick with breathing and do it right do it horribly wrong mm-hmm. right like in the in just the same ways it's easy to you know get the wrong tension patterns and then repeat right. those again and again so yeah it's important that we coach people on that i think and, absolutely yeah. you know a lot of times people just need to know what what is the purpose of this thing that we're doing sure and, yeah. and a lot of times they need to be reminded of that 
yeah. continually. I know that's the case with me. It's like, now, all right, okay, so we're doing this for which purpose? Okay, I want to make sure yeah. that I'm doing this with the correct intention, sure. or the, the correct, you know, end, end goal in mind. Yeah. And uh, so that's, you know, breathing is... is is really interesting in that regard and yeah. sometimes too like uh, i was saying earlier don't just make the shape mm. don't just make the sound yeah exactly you yeah. know <laughs> yeah that's exactly it. yeah you might sound like you're burst breathing but nothing internally that's right they're just like are you just making mouth noises or is any of that getting down in there yeah yeah seriously yeah that's exactly it that's definitely so um so one of the things that i've found systema so useful for for myself when i'm mm. doing other physical things is just how rapidly um you can use the breath work and the stretching exercises and the other things that we have in September, apart from the conditioning things, mm -hmm. to recover from other stuff, right? right. So I, if I've gone and played like soccer with some mates or something, or I've been mm -hmm. jumping around at a crazy trampoline park with my kids, or you know, you come back <laughs> yeah. and you're like, wow, that's some wicked whiplash I've got in my neck because I'm not a regular trampolinist. And I, mm -hmm. well, after 10 minutes in there, I thought that I could do backflips and things, so I just started trying to do everything. And, and then you come out and you're like, yeah, I'm definitely more towards 50 than I am towards 20 now. Oh. and you can kind of feel those things but system yeah. allows you then to kind of uh, do a little scan mm -hmm. and then kind of decompress and then isolate areas of the body mm -hmm. and stretch them and brace mm -hmm. them up and isolate them again and, and recover very very quickly from injury and mm -hmm. from um, and from potential uh, injuries that can become more permanent I've, right. I've really found this it's, especially in contrast to other arts that I've done before where basically I just got damaged doing the martial art oh, and then I just accumulated damage over time right. it was just like like mutation damage you know it's, if, yeah. if it's like being exposed to radiation or something it just gets worse and then when you're crippled up you're like oh that's because I'm old right well systemic right. kind of refuses to mm -hmm. acknowledge that and it's like no you can fix yourself if you want to and it, it causes you to take this radical responsibility for your body to mm -hmm. to repair it on purpose and also to take rests right? right to 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 chill and not to just to go work to maximum all the time or work to failure right, right? it's this whole idea in systemic that you should always leave a little bit in the tank mm -hmm. now whether yeah. it's breathing or whether it's tension or whatever whatever it is have you found that carrying over into your training at all or has mm -hmm. it helped you with recovery or is it did you you just do other things anyway for recovery that weren't really related well Oddly enough, um, the whole idea of you know leaving some in the tank is mm. something that um, pretty much you'll see across um, the kettlebell uh, training. The mm. even you know the original stuff you know coming from Pavel probably came from the, sure. that tradition. Shared root. Yeah, yeah. Like and uh, I find that you know it's been a little bit. I'd say fairly responsible for the strength gains that I've been able to make. Hmm. Which are considerable, by the way, because you don't know what you're in. They're ridiculous. It's like it's, she can pick things up and then you'll go over and try and pick them up and you'll be like, whoops, that's it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, thank you. Um, but, you know, before I kind of changed that, that type of training, hmm. I would hit plateaus all the time. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I think I had... I forget what it was. I was stuck on on, on six pull-ups for years. Mm. Years, 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 years. Yeah. And it's because I would always go to max and go to max and go to max. And the last rep was just disgusting. Yeah. You know, just like, don't, you know, thank goodness, like, Instagram wasn't around back then, you know. <laughs> Shameful. Right. Um, and uh, once I kind of let go of that mindset, um, mm. I was able to make, you know, much more uh, steady gains. Yeah. And um, it's... I don't really hit plateaus so much anymore. Usually what happens is I start working on something else. I'll bring, I'll bring the strength in a particular move or lift up mm -hmm. to a level. Then I'm like, okay, that's cool. I like that there. I'm going to maintain that there. And I'm going to go work on this mm -hmm. while maintaining that. Mm -hmm. um, but that requires not going all out all the time. Yeah. And uh, one of the funny things is I, I actually probably train 
less than most people think that I do hmm. uh, in terms of, of fitness training. And hmm. uh, but you know, moving and and walking and uh, you know, proper nutrition are parts of every day. Yeah. Um, I looked at Sistema class um, and our training. Hmm. Uh, I categorize those as active rest activities sure. yeah uh, don't tell Soderman that he'll probably yeah. crank, crank <laughs> yeah. up the uh, <laughs> yeah his, warm up, his, 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 his uh, conditioning sessions are definitely active rest yeah I was gonna yeah. say those do not count as active rest yeah. in any form of the imagination yeah you know um but uh, anyway so I I kind of look at our training as um as as a form of active rest as as a movement practice like decompression um, rather than exactly that. Yeah, i think yeah. you know it was super hot up here that one day in summer and I, I made the joke that i recorded it and i was doing a um an energy balance study which is a nice way of saying i was watching some caloric things over mm -hmm. a week mm -hmm. and uh i was like oh how am i supposed to put this into the activities because we weren't doing like actual martial arts things that day we we're working more on movements and rolling and, and yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh i was like it was really hot up there. Hot yoga. We're going to call this hot yoga. I'm like, hey, you think that's close? You're like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's about what it was. Yeah. And um, so I, I look at, at uh, our training here as more, you know, movement awareness, hmm. breathing. Sure. Uh, there's usually a meditative state to it. Sure, um, yeah. You know, and it's, it's similar. You can almost feel the brain shift. Mm. You know, it's a rare time that I don't experience at least a few seconds here and there of flow state when mm. we're working up here. Sure. Yeah. And uh, it's, you know, it's, it's cool. Mm. Um, I don't necessarily experience that within what we would call more of a workout workout. Yeah. But um, I do like to use a lot of the rolling drills and things that we've been doing mm. um, as part of my warm up for my yeah. personal workout. So yeah. I'll do some some rolling. I'll do some of these different tension drills or lack yeah. of tension drills. Yeah. Then I'll do some get ups with a kettlebell. Yeah. And then I'll get into the the meat of uh, whatever yeah. terrible plans I have made for myself that day. <laughs> <laughs> they often are terrible. That's true. That's yeah. Some truly grueling stuff. People but, still come to the website for them. So I'll yeah. Like, All right. Yeah. Weirdos. <laughs> so um, so speaking of that, so where um so if people are interested in training with you or come to train with you here in Durham or maybe uh, come to a seminar or something like that, right. where's, where's the best kind of point of call for them to go to on the website? Um, definitely go to, uh, I'll spell it for you, giryagirl.com, G-I-R-Y-A-G-I-R-L.com. Or you can speak to Glenn and he'll point you at me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can contact me at info, I-N-F-O, at G-I-R-Y-A-G-I-R-L.com. Hmm. I try not to make everything hard to spell, but it is a tradition. Right. Um, what's the different, What's the uh, derivation of that? Guria girl? What's it? Guria? Um, Guria is uh, the That's Russian... That's iron, right? So yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. the Russian word for weight or, yeah. or hand weight. Oh, usually okay. the, it, yeah. Or some people will say, you know, kettlebell. Sure, um, yeah which I guess was the default form. They were used to um, originally uh, weigh, you know, put, put things on a scale and, and weigh out, I guess, goods. Or, oh, is that or, where the kettlebells yeah. came from? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so they're and, like uh, counterbalances for a scale. Yeah, they're counterbalances, yeah. and I think yeah. they were used also... Um, you know, locks uh, for, for ships. Like, I, mm. I don't remember all the lore. It's been a while mm. since I've looked at that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, they were kind of like, people were like, oh, hey, you know, these are pretty fun to throw well, around. Well, the lock keepers are all burly as hell. And they're like, right. how the hell did they get so burly as they're picking up a kettlebell? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's a funny thing, too. Um, if you do train with me in any capacity, you'll notice 
something that we always do hmm. is pick up two heavy kettlebells hmm. and take a walk. And it's amazing what that will do for you. So mm-hmm. no matter where you're training or who you're training with, mm-hmm. even a pair of dumbbells or whatnot, pick up a couple heavy things. Mm-hmm. You know, be be aware and cognizant of your your posture. Mm-hmm. You know, don't throw it all into your lower back. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's great to keep the shoulders back and down, and it, it's a great full body exercise. Mm-hmm. If you want to make it a little bit harder, you can try marching in place. That's so how just, I'm bulking. It's it is the darndest thing yeah mm. um, you're not uh, with the walking you're allowed to kind of fall forward if you a need to control form yeah yeah okay. you know which unfortunately does sometimes happen right but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know but, but your foot's there so it's okay yeah. but yeah trying to do it in place and, and quietly and mm. slowly that's mm. very difficult and mm. requires a lot of control of tension while still being able to move something else too that, that's interesting because that's what I was going to round off with in today's interview is like if you had because um, there's so many different exercises that you can do and I think sometimes one of the things that stops people from doing their own conditioning mm-hmm. is this kind of paradox of choice they're like oh well I could be doing right. kettlebells I could be doing calisthenics if I'm doing calisthenics do I focus on all like pull-ups and push-ups and upper body right. and then switch it out with another thing and there's so many programs that mm-hmm. try to simplify it in different ways mm-hmm. and then kind of reintegrate it in different ways and that kind of stuff so if you had to give somebody like a minimum effective dose like oh, yeah. three or four exercises mm-hmm. that they should do maybe every day just a little bit um, that you think would give them the most bang for their buck in terms of, I don't know, um, making their joints a little bit more bulletproof, making mm-hmm. their cords a little bit more stable, and just making them harder to break as martial oh, yeah. artists, right? What would, would that farmers carry? Would that be one of them? Like Absolutely. Would that yeah. would be one? Okay. I would say, mm-hmm. um, so like, I really enjoy the get up in terms of it, it teaches you how to kind of transfer power and also yeah. yourself mm-hmm. um, in multiple planes. Yeah. And people are, oh, it's a total body exercise. Well, no, it exercises. All the parts, not right. equally though. Right. Yeah, I don't think you're just going to do a bunch of get ups and be mm. perfect. All over tone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could mm. happen, but mm. it'd be long that long route that we were talking sure. about. Yeah. Um, you know, I love to do just a few of those, even with no weight, mm. even with. Sometimes if I'm stuck somewhere and it's a hotel and they've got this hilarious paperweight-looking kettlebell, mm. I'll set a timer. I'll do get-ups for, for five minutes on one side and five minutes on the other. You mm. hold that little tiny thing overhead, even if mm. it's just a little 10-pounder. For that long, the yeah, volume five adds minutes. up, right? Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah, just keep it on one side. Don't put it down. Don't put it down. Holla! Right, you know? okay. Um, Okay, so that can get up. up. So get up. Uh-huh. Um, farmer's walk. Um, I wouldn't do that in that order. I'd, I'd okay. leave the farmer's walk to last. I mean, that's okay. personal preference. Okay. Um, and then uh, you know, a good conditioning thing, of course, is the kettlebell swing. Mm. Or uh, you know, if you've got the uh, the stability for it, um, and you really hate running, mm. um, you can always do other things like body weight uh, conditioning moves. Mm. Like everyone hates burpees, but uh, mm. you know, if you're safe with them they're mm. great um eight count bodybuilders is something i've really gotten into lately one of my mm. guys uh is into... can you describe this yeah so yeah. it's it's kind of similar to um a burpee there's no jump mm. um people that were in the military know them yeah i, and, I know i was just I wondering if you could describe them for yeah people yeah well them. i had yeah. never heard of them i because yeah. I, I, I don't have any involvement directly in those spheres mm. so anyway so you you put your your hands down on the ground you jump the feet back mm. you uh do a push-up mm-hmm. And then you jump the feet out, like you're doing a jumping jack, you know, but you're on the ground. You jump the feet back together, and then you jump your feet back in between your hands, and mm. then you stand up, mm. and that's one. Right. Um, mm. I just made a video about it, um, which I'll have try to have edited um, mm. before this goes out. Cool. But um, 
those are great. If you do a few of those in a row, that'll get your heart rate up. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of course, you can always just you know go for a run or whatnot. I, I like the upper body conditioning aspect hmm. of those as well. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, there's the good old mountain climbers or whatnot. But I, I hmm. think that you know if you're going to do something basic, it's good to have a strength move. Hmm. Um, it's good to have a mobility move, and it's good to have a conditioning move. Okay. And, and those... I would describe it. Now we were we're talking really serious bare bones, bare sure, minimum yeah. here. And, yeah. and is there any particular like a pattern or order that you tend to kind of apply those things? Would you be like, you know, you're not going to do a bunch of conditioning and then try and do a complex strength move, for example, or something right. like that? Right. Yeah. I, I try to, you know, if if it's going to be something where you've got weight overhead, I want you to have your wits about you. Yeah. Um, you know, definitely. Even if it's and, and the other thing about like the get up is it's so such a great warm up move. Hmm. You know, it'll kind of let you know what needs work sure. you know okay oh i'm a little stiff on this side or yeah. or um my elbow needs to wake up because i'm 41 um mm-hmm. you know something like that and mm. that'll kind of you know i use get ups in my in my warm-ups mm. very often just because yeah. it's like all right let's get everything moving mm. everything's moving in the right sequence right um so i, I like to leave those to the beginning um Okay. Kind of like we use ground engagement in Sistema, right? You start it's, just rolling around, getting exactly. up, come to your knees, go back down. Yeah. And you know, I used yeah. to, I feel that in the same way. You know, if I don't do a little bit of ground engagement at the beginning yeah. of class, maybe about five minutes in, mm-hmm. I'll feel something where I'm like, oh, that's tweaked a little bit. And then right? I'm like, ah, idiot, I should have done some ground engagement. And then I would have been more aware of what mm-hmm. I was, what was already a little bit tweaked coming right. to the session, or maybe my back was stiff because I've been driving a long way, or mm-hmm. wherever it's going to be. So I, I always do that now. No right. If I'm teaching a class, I right. always make sure everybody does it. But sometimes if you roll in late, right, you join mm-hmm. somebody else's class, you'll jump in, and you, right. you know, it's That's... always good to roll around a little bit, get up and down. If right. you, even if you just get up and down from the ground mm-hmm. like 10, 12 times, it's, right. it can tell you a lot about what's going on with your body, right? Just mm-hmm. that transition. So. And if you're doing mm-hmm. them you know, fast enough and for long enough, mm-hmm. as we both know, those are intense you can get some sure. conditioning off of that oh yeah i had a yeah. friend up north who uh was working with some some actually morbidly obese people and mm. she taught them some some rolling some basic kind mm. of side rolling sure and um it was enough to really get them started on a nice path mm. and uh, they were able to get conditioning from that at the beginning and feel yeah. very safe sure and secure and comfortable in what they were doing right at home yeah and uh, so rolling is powerful. Yeah, it's it's just good for you. I don't care what sure. size you are. Rolling and crawling too, right? Rolling, crawling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then that's something else I've noticed sometimes with system of practitioners that that mm. I've worked with mm. is um it's good to work on those gait patterns. Mm. So with crawling, making sure that the um, coordination of the core mm. is moving right instead of just full relaxation or just all on or all off. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to sequence the sides sure. to our advantage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks very much for taking the time out today. Uh, maybe we can do another one of these uh, further down the road when we uh, you know, use the uh, looms of our respective talent to yes. weave a rich tapestry of Sistema and strength conditioning together into, into what we're doing. But, uh, but thanks very much for being on the podcast and continuing to edit the podcast as well. So well, thanks thank to you. you, the sound quality has improved. So oh, Andrew, great. also our producer here. So thanks very much. Well, thanks. And hopefully yeah. this one will... Uh sound as good as the others <laughs> yeah. oh, wait, we know who to blame Let's get I to know it's right. a lot of responsibility Real. thanks very much alright thank you thanks for listening if you'd like to find out more about classes workshops and seminars at NC Systema please visit us online at www.ncsystema.com mm-hmm.